0: I'm Michael Malley, and this is The Mindful Storyteller, where the subject always is stories. Storytelling, story reading, story listening, mindfulness, and the creation of the story space. to another episode of The Mindful Storyteller. And I am Michael R. Malley.
1: And I'm Ollie
0: Wren Erickson Malley. And uh, today, as we have in previous episodes, we'll begin with a, a little quote today, a quote from uh, Walter Brueggemann, a, uh, a scholar of the Hebrew Bible from his... Uh, uh, his most famous book, *The Prophetic Imagination*, and then um, Ollie will read that, and then I will uh, I will share um, some reflections on that. We'll then talk a bit, and Ollie will close with uh, uh, some some thoughts on further actions, if you wish. Uh, and in between all these sections and our talking, we will have the mindfulness bell. Um, we learned this from uh, mindfulness retreats that we've attended with Thich Nhat Hanh. The idea of returning to this present moment, that's what mindfulness is. And so with the bell, we're invited to just enjoy the sound of the bell. Enjoy the sound of the bell. Enjoy it in this moment. And also enjoy the sound of the plane that's flying overhead. You might hear a train later, too.
1: Hope is the refusal to accept the reading of reality, which is the majority opinion. And one does that only at great political and existential risk. Hope is subversive. The language of hope and the ethos of amazement have been partly forfeited because they are an embarrassment, partly squelched because they are a threat. Speech about hope cannot be explanatory and scientifically argumentative. Rather, it must be lyrical in the sense that it touches the hopeless person at many different points. The language of amazement is against despair. Just as the language of grief is against numbness, hope is created by speech. Walter Brueggemann, The Prophetic Imagination. Pages 65 and 68 through 69.
0: The language of hope and the ethos of amazement have been the domains of storytellers for millennia. They still are. As tellers of tales, we are unbridled, not limited to the perceived limitations that ensnare and restrain the current reality. Walter Brueggemann's thoughts on hope grow out of his reflections on the prophets of the Hebrew Bible. But his observations on hope fit a much wider context. For example, Scientists' argument about global climate change have been largely ignored. While there are powerful forces at work attempting to undermine and muddy their scientific findings, it is also true that their arguments for change, in other words, their calls for hope, lack lyricism. Their scientific explanations and arguments do not touch the hopeless person at many different points. There is no lyricism of the poetic storyteller we are left with either denial or hopelessness. The work of the storyteller is not only to reflect who we are, but to mirror back to us who we can be. We are drawn toward inspiring stories. Why? What do they inspire in us? Is it not something better, greater, vaster, kinder, more worthy than what currently is? Our work as storytellers is to be agents of inspiration. You can do this. We can be this. This too is possible. Saying some new reality is possible does not make it so. That is true. There's much more to it than that. At the same time, saying and thinking that some better reality is an impossibility ensures that it cannot happen at least until some subversive voice speaks with the language of hope and the ethos of amazement.
1: So this one really touched me um with the observation about global climate change that we either left in denial or hopelessness That those are there are two options yes so that right because and i really feel that so strongly with our children that they are just uh just like this this is what is going to be and they're a little Hopeless and it's cynical about it, which worries me. Sure. Like, that's not what I want for them. But, right. Um, right. But yeah, and so wouldn't it just be better to be in denial <laughs> right. than to be hopeless? Right. So, right, so I guess that that was my...
0: Yeah, um, and, and, and you know, there have even been, um, I think, some studies. I, I know I've heard some news reports where they've talked about, you know, are kids kind of having kind of this low-grade depression just in terms of, you know, in in terms of their fears of war and their fears for the future and global climate change as part of that. Um, And there seems to be some some evidence that that's there. And, um, yeah, uh, one of the reasons I included that in there is because, um, you know, someone has said, like, the scientists... They had the false belief that all they had to do was present the facts and that would change everything now granted there's this whole political thing going on where people are trying to deny those facts and everything else but even just with the facts there's it lacks that lyrical element it lacks that poetic element it lacks that um you know when they talk about the changes that need to happen there there's there's nothing or or very little i guess that that feels inspiring in that, you know? And, and <clears throat> while not dealing directly with climate change, I know as a storyteller, you know, gosh, we've been to the, uh, uh, the National Storytelling Festival a number of times in Jonesboro, Tennessee. And you'll go into the tent and stories will be shared and we're transformed by that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we, we, we come out a different person due to the story. You know, there's something about the story that will sometimes just, you know, leave us with this different sense. You know, and, and again, it may not last, but it, it, at least in that moment, it gives us something different. I mean, I've experienced the same thing, you know, reading a reading a book with the kiddos, you know, when, when, you know especially when they were younger, where we might be reading a story together, and it will change, it'll change the mood, it'll change the energy, right, of, mm-hmm. of, of us. So, yeah. Um, uh, you, you know, one of the, one of the things that, um, that I focused on in my storytelling work where, you know, I'm going into schools, um, doing festivals, things like that has been earth mother stories. And so while not focused particularly on global climate change, um, at least in the past, it was about giving, giving these stories that had a sense of who we could be. And you know who we might be, and and you know I would both tell stories about caring for our earth, but also just how we care for each other. And one of my favorite um, um, examples of this was um, there's a story that Joseph Bruchac shares about why people speak many languages, and it speaks of how humans, you know, find some arbitrary way to divide up um, uh, and 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 you know be against each other, and. And this group, you know, is against that group. Well, I shared that story. It was, it was, a, it was a Roman Catholic school. And I came into the school, and in that particular school, let's say 95% of the kiddos were white, maybe 5% black. And we waited for a while because they said, oh, they're, you know, they have a neighboring Catholic school, and they wanted my program to be you know, shared by both schools. So they were busing over the kids from the other school, and then they were all gonna to be together, the two Catholic schools in the one auditorium for the storytelling. And we had to wait. We were delayed, I remember. This is years ago. And um, eventually, the students, you know, the teachers from the other school arrive, and the other school was, I think, 100% African-American. Maybe it was 95 or 98%. And as schools often do, they, they, they made a little dividing area along the middle of the, um, kind of a middle aisle for me to walk down. So here I'm, I'm looking at this audience, and on one side I have, and they're all in uniforms, right? You know, they, they had different uniforms for the different schools, but they basically have the Catholic school uniforms. I have all these boys and girls on one side. Everyone, 95 percent of them white. And then on the other side, 95 or 100 percent of them, African-American, black. And the story is about how, how the people in this village, um, you know, half of them go and live on one side of the river, and then half live on the other side of the river, and, you know, and this division that comes between them and how they start to look at each other in negative ways, and how they start to um, belittle each other, and um, think of each other as the enemy. It was... It was so... I, I, I don't even know if I have the right words. I don't, because here's the thing. It's the lyrical element that, that Brueggemann was speaking of, right? So, I didn't talk about this difference directly, you know, and I don't know how much the kiddos were tuned into it. Certainly the teachers and staff had to be just, oh yeah, this is the way it is. This is a, you know, basically a black school and this is a white school. But here I told this story about, not just about division, but there was a little bit, even though in the story it's not resolved, there was this little bit of like, is there this possibility? Is there this 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 hope and and I wasn't talking about the kids in these schools. I wasn't talking about these two Catholic schools in this little town in Ohio. I was telling this old you know Native American Indian story that Joseph Bruschek had shared. so it, it had this distance from from them, and it had this poetry to it, but it also, I think had a message that was really powerful. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'll um, ring the bell and, and Ollie will share the closing thoughts.
1: Recall a story that inspired you. It may be from a film, a book, or a tale someone told you. What was it in that story that touched you? Was there something amazing that happened in the tale? Have you shared the story with others? Are there stories you sometimes tell yourself to awaken hope within? Are there other tales you share or would like to share that hold the possibility of inspiring hope in others?
0: I'm Michael Valley, and you've been listening to The Mindful Storyteller.